Okay, I'd like you all to cooperate with me here. This is, uh, I, this is a pretty observant bunch, I know. I'm going to ask you to do something. Uh, if you're on this side, on the, on the gospel side of the church, look that way. If you're on the epistle side, look that way. Look at the wall. Or, or alternatively, you can just close your eyes. Okay? Okay. You got them closed or you got your head turned? I, I don't want you looking up here. Okay. What's on the front of the altar? What is carved on the front of the altar? Mr. Fairman gets the gold star. It's the marriage at Cana. Take a look at it. I know, it, Carrie Anderson, actually, we, we got to talking about this. Everybody thinks it's the Last Supper. If you look at it, though, it's our gospel for today. Take a good look. Although, and there's going to be a trivia, there's a trivia question, too. What, what's missing? You're going to have to tell me that later. You can tell me at coffee hour at Bible study. Tell me what's missing. It's a wedding at Cana, though. Isn't it amazing? It's beautiful. I've never seen... Honestly, I've never seen an altar in Christendom with uh, the wedding at Cana on the front of it. And there's a lot of deep symbolism there. There really is. Uh, a marriage feast uh, has a lot more symbolism than you, of course. I'm hoping as Christians we all have some idea that the, the wedding feast has some very deep symbolism for us, especially as it regards the Holy Eucharist. But more on that on another day. Let this be a reminder for us, this, this carving of the wedding at Cana in Galilee. It's the gospel we heard today, and you know, it's in St. John's Gospel only. It's, it's one place it shows up. In the second chapter, uh, we're told that on the third day of Jesus' travels, there's this wedding at Cana in Galilee, um, and his mother's there, and Jesus and his disciples are there, and they get there and they run out of wine. Heavens. It's the last thing you want happening at a party, isn't it? We've run out of wine. What are we going to do now? And Jesus' mother, Mary, of course, says, Son, <laughs> they have no wine. And he doesn't want to be bothered with this on the face of it. And however, his mother says, Well, says to the servants, Do whatever, do whatever my son tells you now. And, uh, well, Jesus sees these six stone jars for the rites of purification, big things. I think the, uh, the missile says six firkins, which uh, for us translates, I guess, to 20 or 30 gallons. I, I don't know what a firkin is, but you can do your math and figure it out. Um, <clears throat> and he says to the servants, fill them up with water. And they fill them up. And then he just says, take some out and take it to the master of the feast. And, wow. It's not just become wine. It's become good wine, really good wine, the best stuff yet. Presumably, they, as is alluded to here, most people bring up the good stuff at the beginning, and then you know, their, their, their guests have you know, had a bit to drink, you bring out the lesser grades. Um, Father Austin Ferrer, he, uh, he says, it's a lot like what we do. We start our guests with sherry, and then we put them off with vile mixtures later in the evening. You know, the stuff that's shipped down from Canada in tanker trucks. Uh, not so with Jesus, though. This is some good stuff. And we're told that this is the first of his signs. And Jesus does this at this wedding in Cana of Galilee. He manifests his glory, and his disciples believe in him. 
powerful story, a beautiful story, and we can take away a lot of different teachings from this, and we, we will as years go by here. But first off, we know it's his first miracle. It's his first miracle, and, and God uses earthly things to manifest his glory, doesn't he? He continually does this. He does it into our age as well with the sacraments. He takes earthly things, water, wine, bread, oil, people, and uses those things as ways to manifest his glory and show the world God's power. In the life of Christ, especially in this season, we refer to these as his manifestations, starting with his epiphany, his manifestation to the Gentiles. But then all of these are little manifestations of sort. Epiphanies, if you will. Well, secondly, this elevates the institution of marriage to a sacrament. And the Holy Mother Church has always understood this. Uh, marriage is not just a, a legal document within the church. It's not just a, a thing you go do it at the lawyer, or at the magistrate, or at the judge. It's a sacrament. An outward and visible sign of an inward and spiritual grace. And Christ elevates this institution of marriage between one man and one woman to a sacrament by his presence in his first miracle at the wedding at Cana in Galilee. And thirdly, he takes what's old and he makes it new in doing this. We've got the wonderful visual aid right in front of you here. He takes what's old and he makes it new. These are six stone jugs, six stone big, big old jugs used for purification, for, for Jews purifying their, their utensils and whatnot, um, washing things. And it's said that the, it's careful, the gospel writer is careful to point this out. And these are not just old wine jugs, for instance, that have like the dregs of wine in it. And uh, some, of the, some of the patristic commentaries say, you know, it would have been an easy trick to take water and fill up a jug that had some wine in it and suddenly it would look like you've got more wine it's like adding wine to a bottle of, you know, it's half full suddenly it looks like you've got a full bottle this is not what's going on, these are separate stone jugs for purification and as the fathers point out the fathers of the church, church point out this is, these are symbols of the Jewish ritual Symbols of the Jewish purity laws, which Christ came not to abolish, but to fulfill. And in fact, he's come to supersede them, in fact. What he does goes well beyond just these six stone jugs. It goes well beyond the law. His whole life, his ministry, his mission, the covenant that he establishes in his blood goes well beyond the old law, you see. And lastly, it's pointed out when he does this, he, he fills it with water and changes it. St. John Chrysostom says that he doesn't just go you know, poof and they fill up with wine. No, he, he, has, he has these servants come and put water into them and then he changes it. St. John Chrysostom points out that you know, this left plausible witnesses saying, yeah, we, we put the water in there. I don't know what happened. We put water into these jugs and he changed it. Gives some plausible witness to it. But also it takes us to perhaps what is the most important thing of this entire gospel passage. And the part that I'd like us to be able to keep before us week by week as we come in here. Every time we come before this altar and have this visual aid of the wedding at Cana in Galilee, we can have this reminder for us. 
And perhaps the most important thing we can take away from this is the fact that Jesus is all about changing what is inside of simple vessels. He's all about that. He's all about changing what is inside of simple jars of clay. Such as those, such as these. He's all about that change, you see. He's all about changing us. I mean, and really, when you come right down to it, Christ, the one who can still change lives, and the one who still does change lives, the one, the one who takes, the only one, who takes what is old and can make it new, who can take what's broken and put it together, take what has fallen down and raise it up. Changing water into wine is, that's a walk in the park. That's a piece of cake. And you know, the gospel writer tells us, St. John says, when, this, when he did this and manifested his glory, his disciples believed in him because of this. Well, how much more should it be the case in, in our day when we see simple stone vessels, simple jars of clay being changed by the power of the risen Christ? That is a manifestation of his glory, isn't it? We know that that is still the case. We know that day by day, each one of us is being changed through His grace. He never leaves us where He finds us. So let this be a a weekly lesson for us. Every Sunday when we come here, every holy day that we come before this altar, and also that we might expect a carving of the Last Supper upon, rather we look and we see a simple scene from St. John's Gospel. Our Lord, a wedding feast and six stone jugs for the Jewish rites of purification that he commanded to be filled up and when they were filled, he changed what is inside of them. Let's all come before it each time we come before this altar. Let's pray that indeed what, what fills us here at this altar rail when we are filled with the very living body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ when we're filled with his grace when we go out into the world and that the grace continues to work in us and change us and take what is inside of these simple jars of clay and change it into what Christ would have it be. Even Jesus Christ who with the Father and the unity of the holy and life-giving spirit lives and reigns ever one God world without end.